It's the most wonderful time of the year. Even in a pandemic. We made it to December. So we are going to ask the question, what has 2020 taught you throughout this month of December to all of the wonderful healers that I am interviewing, um, from therapists to psychiatrists to psychologists to doctors and beyond. So I hope that you will share this podcast with someone that you think it might benefit. If you like it, we'd love for you to review it on Apple or um, just go ahead and give us a thumbs up. Pass it on. It's all about passing it on. If you're interested in sponsorship, please reach out as we go into a new year. This is a great way to advertise your business. Enjoy the show and Merry Christmas. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. As always, I'm very happy to bring you just another healer in our Tampa Bay community. Now, there's not only people from Tampa Bay that come on this show, but predominantly because guess what, everybody? That's where I live. <laughs> and um, St. Pete is just the coolest place ever. And Jamie Molnar is a licensed mental health counselor and more. You're going to get to learn all about that in just a few moments. But I will tell you, the thing that has intrigued me the most, which I'm sure she's heard before, is that she practices yoga psychology, which oh, I love it. So Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm really excited to showcase everybody that is within the healing community so we can provide more resources for people to reach out and get help. Yes. So I want the audience to learn, and I want to learn too, um, <laughs> about you. And um, I'd love to, I know that you started the yoga psychology back in 2001. Am I correct? Well, I started practicing yoga in 2001, way back when I was a college student and I had no idea what I was doing. So <laughs> yes, way back then is when the yoga journey began and it has evolved and changed over the years into now what I practice, which is the yoga psychology. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you're a licensed mental health counselor, so I'm sure you do traditional counseling. Yes. You went to school for psychology. You are very familiar with, um, I would assume, addiction. I think I saw adult children of alcoholics, which I love that. I love that you zone in on that a little bit. I think there's many more people that need to reach out about that. Yes. But um, I want to hear about that journey. Let's, let's tell the audience about the why of yoga psychology. Yeah, so it's um, it's been quite an interesting journey for me. I started um, back in college, you know, just it was at the like student gym, you know, a class and a friend of mine was teaching it and I went and took a class. I'm like, oh, this is cool, you know, and that's kind of how I was introduced to yoga many moons ago. Um <laughs> And practiced over the years and, um, you know, went to different studios, really explored different types of yoga. But um, it wasn't until I um, was diagnosed with stage four cancer in 2009 that my world was completely turned upside down. Um, I had the entire existential crisis of why am I here? What is happening? Trying to make sense of it. 
And I actually went to yoga teacher training in 2012 as one of those tools, right? As, 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 as a way to navigate what I had been through. And I had already been in the field, right? I had been working in the field for many years and, and you know, trained as a clinician. But I think that's when the intersection really started to blossom. And I realized how much deeper yoga is than just some postures that we do in a class. It's a whole lifestyle of philosophy. And over the years, I've done a lot more training. I traveled to India and studied there. And um, it's really just morphed into what I now um, practice, which is yoga psychology, which is blending modern depth psychology. So Jungian type psychology, looking at the collective unconscious, looking at symbols, dreams, archetypes, really getting down to the who are we, you know, why are we here, peace, um, and blending that with yoga philosophy, which is very similar. There's a lot of crossover between the two kind of ways of thinking, and I just found they work very nicely together. And so that's how it's kind of formed into what I practice today which I find works great for a variety of different issues, including anxiety, depression, trauma, um, you know, confidence, finding your purpose. I do a lot of work with adult children of alcoholics, um, survivors of narcissist abuse, whether it's your parents or a relationship, just mm. kind of finding your authentic self, um, becoming healthy and happy and, you know, finding your path. Uh, mm. I just love it. And Find That's it. fantastic. So let's go back um, 2009. So congratulations. Thank I'm so you. thankful. I mean, like, what is the right term to say to somebody who's, who's beaten stage four cancer? I mean, that's really kind of incredible. Um, so it's wonderful to still Thank have you here. <laughs> cancer does suck. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Um, so I want to hear about the, I love the personal story about our why, why we do things. I think when we have that personal story, we help so many more people because we can really um, empathize with what they go through. Yes. So um, if you could just share a little bit about how that, I also really enjoy is such a strange word when you're talking about trauma, but I do, I, I, I like to bring those two worlds together where, you know, trauma is so related to, um, well, I just don't think it's, I don't think it's spoken about enough. I don't think that people yeah. realize how, what you went through as a woman um, battling cancer and then being in practice of, of mental health, like how, what was that like? Well, I almost left the field to be honest, because I was so broken from the experience. I mean, I, it was a very, I did not do well with my treatment. It was a very intense treatment. My cancer did have a high survival rate, which is good, but it was very advanced. And um, I was very depressed. I had suicidal thoughts when I was going through treatment. I did not want to continue. Um, and the funny thing with cancer and that kind of health trauma is you survive it. You're in like that fight or flight through the whole experience. And then once you get the news from the doctor, like, okay, the cancer has gone or your, your health trauma is resolved. Now go live life, you know? Right. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. <laughs> I lost everything. I lost my job. I was fired. I lost my apartment. I had to move in with my parents. My cats had to go in a foster home. Like I had nothing and I had to start all over and still I was not well. I was, I didn't have cancer anymore, but I was still very sick uh, mentally, physically, emotionally. So I was just a broken human being at the end of that experience. And 
it's very much to me like the the phoenix rising you know like the from the ashes come like the <laughs> the growth and the healing um and so but the only way to get there is to go through it and um it's just something we all experience at different levels throughout our life um and I think with trauma, it's learning how to manage it when we're experiencing it, and then also how to make sense from it and grow from it after the experience or after we've moved past the kind of uh, trauma state. So you mentioned that you had suicidal thoughts. I don't ever take that lightly. I have me too. Hashtag me too. Right. Um, so what was your um, what was your own journey of healing through that? Um. It was very much related to the experience I was having and the treatment. And it was more just, I don't want to do this anymore. This is just too hard, you know, and thinking about like what, it, and having, you know, when you have an experience like that, I think you go through the existential crisis of, well, am I meant to be here? Right? Like, is this my time? Why am I fighting so hard? You know, all of that. So it took a lot of therapy, mm -hmm. um, coaching, um, and a lot of Eastern medicine, help me heal from that. So Western medicine saved my life. I'm a big believer in Western medicine, but it was a lot of the Eastern thought that helped me actually heal from the trauma of the experience. So I think blending the two is such a valuable process for everybody, no matter what we're experiencing. It's so um, common actually <clears throat> to hear that feedback that Western medicine saved my life, but it was Eastern medicine that truly healed me. Yeah. Um, I've said that myself, I've heard many others say, um, and I still um, have all the practices of the Eastern side, although I work with physicians, you know, on, well, on both sides, you know, um, yeah. Western, but I, I don't think that enough people really, <clears throat> excuse me, understand all of the benefits of having additional um, options, right? Some people understand, okay, I'm not doing well, I'm going to go to therapy. Right. And if you are just going to therapy like once a month or once every few months and there's no other practice put into place, it can become, dare I say, um, not worth it sometimes because there's so many other things that we need to incorporate. So how do you incorporate, because I assume you're doing some talk therapy as well, how do you incorporate actual yoga practices within your sessions? Yeah, so I agree with you. I think therapy can get stale if we're not looking at an individual holistically and all the different ways in which they can work on themselves outside the therapy room, 100%. And so I do a lot of talk therapy. The bulk of my work is talk therapy, but uh, our, work, our practice is very focused on holistic methods. So we want to know what your digestion is like what your nutrition is like do we need to refer you to a specialist for that um what is your movement right are you moving your body are you breathing um what is your sleep like like we want to know all of those pieces so that we can incorporate all the different tools that we have to help you um heal holistically and achieve mental wellness um, so that's why we believe in the mind body spirit approach the yoga psychology for me um i don't i don't practice the yoga postures in the session with folks, but I prescribe postures based on prescribe isn't the right word. It's not a medical procedure, but I, no, I say yes. <laughs> I prescribe podcasts to people. Okay. So think about that. <laughs> yeah. 
So I will, yes, prescribe postures or sequences that I think are appropriate. I do a lot of breath work because um, yoga focuses heavily on the mind-body connection and using your breath to, to um, manage your sensory experience um, internally and externally. So a lot of breath work, uh, dream work, um, a lot of yoga philosophy. So yoga, there's actually eight limbs, eight, like a sequential process in yoga philosophy that helps us achieve that divine connection with, with God or the higher power, however you describe that for yourself. So there's a lot, there's morals, codes, there's philosophy, philosophy to living, there's ways of being that yoga covers. So it's, it's quite a complex system that is a beautiful system for finding peace and happiness and so all of that is how I work with folks um, who are wanting to find mental wellness um, and heal themselves from any kind of like mental health issues or trauma that they're experiencing. And I love the idea of collaboration. I'm a huge um, cheerleader. Hey, quick interruption on this amazing podcast, but we have to tell you about our awesome sponsor, Thai Technology. They are so cool, and they're here in Tampa Bay, if you're a Tampa Bay listener. Thai Technology is the best voice over IP business phone service company out there. How do I know this? I used to work in telecom before I worked with doctors. That's right. So I know me a good phone system when I see it. Plus, they are integrated with Zoom. They are the only ones that are integrated with Zoom. And if you mention this podcast or you mention the Facebook show, they're going to hook you up with three months for free. Follow them on Facebook and on Instagram. Thai Technology Rocks. For that. I, yeah. I don't think that there is one solution for everything. I think that there's, um, but there are many, like I myself, I get recommended, right? I recommend and I get recommended too. And I always wanted to be like this personal connection or somebody I actually know oh, yes. helped right in this certain world. And um, I work with a lot of psychiatrists and psychologists and I, I love bringing the um, mental health. I love bringing yoga in. I love, you know, having all of those opportunities. So it's not just, okay, you know, you, you're suffering from depression. Let's get you into a psychiatrist. Let's put you on medication and then let's go to therapy once a month. I think that knowing that there's um, practitioners out there where all of it can be introduced can be so helpful to somebody. I wish it was around when I was suffering, that's for sure. I mean, it was around, don't get me wrong, right? Eastern, Eastern medicine has been around forever. Right. I wasn't open, I didn't know about it. It wasn't as um, commonly talked about, right, as it is today. It wasn't as mainstream, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I agree. I mean, we, we, we have a very large network of practitioners, other therapists that we refer to. I believe in collaboration, not competition. Mm -hmm. uh, let's, you know, the only way to support folks is to really look at it from a holistic lens and everybody has their role in mm -hmm. that um, healing journey for that individual. Um, so we always, that's why we want to know where every, where our clients kind of physical, emotional, spiritual state is. So we know, okay, what is our role? And then what, how can we refer you to the right folks to really get that holistic um, plan in place? Absolutely. So let's touch upon this uh, global pandemic. Yes. That we're in. 
um, today being uh, the first day that the vaccine has you know, arrived and there's a little hope, there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. My yeah. husband's a UPS man, so I know he's gonna be working late tonight, yeah. um, which we're very grateful that UPS is a part of that, um, that work. Yes. There's so many people that, that are touching this work. So what has it been like for you personally? How have you been able to navigate through this pandemic? So I identify as an empath and a highly sensitive person in HSP. And I work with a lot of folks that identify that way too. And it has not been easy, even as someone that has 15 years in the field, all these certifications, and I know all the tools, but this has been rough. It's been very hard. Um, and I, you know, someone that absorbs energy very easily can feel the energy of others, like the collective, right? Everyone is going through a trauma. It's been a trauma state for months on end. And that's been very difficult. So, you know, I'm very open and honest. I had a lot of insomnia earlier this year, which I've never had in my life. I had a lot of stress and anxiety that I don't normally feel. So I know that I'm feeling it and I know my clients are feeling I know everybody's feeling it. So it's been, it's been a rough year. Um, but I also believe in, um, I believe there's a reason for everything happening. And I believe in that hero's journey home, right? Like we have to push, you know, we hear the call, something's not right. We got, we're faced with all these challenges and it feels insurmountable at the time, but that helps us get to the next level. It helps us evolve. It helps us grow. It helps us shed the, the previous systems that weren't working and rise up and create new systems that will work better. So it, I believe that even as awful as it's been, it's, it's sending us in a direction that we need to go to, to create new ways of being that are better for everyone. Um, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. So then what about your patients? What about, um, what do you feel like I, I I've been hearing, you know, through all of the waves of what we've all gone through since March, I've been hearing a lot of anxiety. That seems yeah. to be the biggest. Um, yeah. What has been your experience with your patient base? I've seen a lot of anxiety, a lot of trauma, particularly for folks that are in marginalized communities or um, are um, in oppressed communities, right? Like the trauma state has been very real. Um, and yeah, just a lot of anxiety, a lot of trauma, grief right? So there's been a lot of loss for a lot of folks in a variety of ways, whether it's a family member, a friend, a job, a way of life, right? Like just a lot of loss. And I think it's the, the uncertainty too. You know, we've been in a, in a trauma state for a while and there's a lot of uncertainty around what's going to happen. And that's very hard to sustain for a long period of time. So I've definitely seen an increase in, in you know, mental health issues um, based on all the things that we've been facing, which is different for everyone. Everyone's having a, a different experience, yet we're all suffering at the same time. So it's very overwhelming for a lot of people to know what to do next and how to engage in a way that feels okay. How do I stay updated without feeling overwhelmed? How do I navigate all the changes in my life? How do I make sense of everything, right? There's a much, um, it's like a deep wound that everybody's trying to navigate and manage right now yeah I agree <laughs> totally yeah. um I've been reflecting a lot as we come to the end of the year and you know now in the holidays I don't know if the holidays are sometimes it's like we all need the, the magic of Christmas right now and 
And then sometimes I feel for the people that don't want to celebrate the holiday. I'm an empath as well. So I am feeling everybody's energy, right? At all times, which is, oh, yeah, overwhelming. But I remember in my reflection that, you know, from the beginning of the pandemic, when I meditate, I, I always meditate in silence, but I have yet to do that since the beginning of the pandemic. I've only done guided meditations because I just couldn't sit still with my own thoughts. I was just thinking about all the pain and all of the grief um, that was going on in the world. And that can be just debilitating for me. And I'm very aware of that. Um, being somebody that once suffered from depression, um, that I can't sit in that too long. And I think that um, the meditation has been helpful, but I was thinking about how much in the beginning it was just like crying, just like crying. And then showing up and you have to like go to a Zoom meeting. (laughs) Okay, here we go. And, um, and all of that trauma that we've all gone through together, um, there has to be a space for that. So yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy people are reaching out though, right? Don't you feel a little hope with people wanting to get some help? I do, I think so. And you know, one thing I wanna to touch on too that you mentioned the trauma state, you know, we talk a lot in um, depth psychology and you hear a lot about like shadow work, the shadow persona, right? Like the pieces of ourselves that we feel shame around or embarrassed about or are painful. So we tend to suppress or hide. And part of doing therapy is learning how to integrate the shadow, right? Integrate the dark with the light, bring up the things that maybe you feel like um, you don't want to so that you can reach you know, that place of peace. And I think that's happening at a collective level, right? Like the shadow parts of our society are coming up it's all coming out and it's all coming at once, which is a lot. <laughs> so um, it's navigating like what the collective or the society is experiencing as well as us individually. And that trying to navigate those two things is a lot. So yes, I agree with you. I'm, I am seeing an increase in people reaching out and I encourage folks to reach out. Um, there's a lot of mental health practitioners in the Tampa Bay area, which is great. Um, there's a lot of folks here that are able and willing we're all offering telehealth too so for folks that are immunocompromised or can't leave their homes or you know for whatever reason feel safer on on telehealth um that's an option so i think therapy has become more accessible for people because of the pandemic because therapists have had to shift the way they're working so that we can take you know support people and offer our services so that is a good thing um i don't see that yeah, I think that's something, a long-term shift you will see in the field. There are going to be more accessible ways for people to, to act, to get therapy, which is really good. Yes. I went back to therapy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have my therapist. I will, you know, I, you know, it's very important to yeah. have your own space, to debrief, talk through things, just have someone neutral outside of your world that can give you an objective kind of reframe on the way that you're operating and tools right it's just such a valuable um self-care tool to have i 100 percent agree so my final question for you today jamie and i appreciate um everything that you've said i i really could not um be more on the same wavelength I, i'm so happy to have been able to meet you and to speak to you today yeah um, what has what has this pandemic taught you? Oh, that's a good question. You know, the first word that came to me the minute you said that was patience. Mm. Um, 
And, you know, when you're navigating tough times, it's like finding the patience to do, to take care of yourself and patience with other people. And, you know, when everybody's in a trauma state, we all are reactionary right now, right? Like we're not necessarily operating at our best capacity. And so that's where you see a lot of the anger and like people fighting each other online and posts and, you know, all this kind of stuff, right? Like it's all trauma reaction. And so I think patience is the first word, like learning how to be patient with myself, patient with others more so than ever before in life. Um, and grace is the other word, like having grace for yourself, for others, like really increasing, like paying attention to how you feel, really honoring how you feel, being okay with that, being okay with not being okay. Right? Sometimes we just need to be in that, be in that space. Um, and um, yeah, just having grace and patience. That's, I think that's been a lot of things, you know, you had, we all had plans for 2020 and I'm sure they just like me for everyone else, they shifted a lot for me. Like what I thought this year was going to look like. Um, yeah. So I think yeah. My goal list is, um, you know, a joke today, yeah. but yeah, I agree. I think that patience has been big and, and the ability to, to flow a yeah. little bit more with, um, with what's been going on and, and being kind, you yeah. know? Being kind to other people. And well, to yourself. And to yourself. And to yourself. Yeah. Oh, that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, it's been a real pleasure, Jamie. Thank you so much. We're going to have all the information of how you all could reach out and connect with Jamie. Um, I highly recommend it. I think uh, what you're doing is fantastic. We need people like you in the world. So thank you for being here. Thank you so time. much. Thank you. Thank you. Don't forget to check out Thai Technology. Anyone that mentions this podcast or the Facebook show will receive three free months of service. T-I-E Technology. Check them out. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. We would love it if you subscribed. This way you'll get notified every time there's a new episode, which in fact are Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Please feel free to leave a review. It really helps us and we appreciate your support. Thank you.